How do we maintain the high value of blueberries in the market while maximizing the return back to growers? It starts with data. This is the new way of the USHBC and it's the direction that we're heading. It's a data-driven direction that's going to be able to pass insights off to the industry to be able to make those decisions they need. This isn't just about what is our inventory, what did we sell yesterday, what do we anticipate selling? This goes into what are we doing at retail? What are consumers looking for? We've got survey information. We have all this information, but we haven't had a way to put this together. So. This is an initiative more so than a project where we are going to be putting this data together in intuitive ways that helps the industries in things that people can't even imagine. And that's really the magic behind this managed analytics platform and this data stack and, and this relationship with Bytecode. But this is just a stepping stone. This is the basis for what we're going to be doing in the future. Today, we share details on a project that will serve as a significant step in rolling out our industry's data strategy. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, as many of you know, the USHBC and NABC recently refreshed our organizational and programming strategies with an increased emphasis on data. We want to better track our efforts to increase the production sales and value of blueberries. And to do so, we believe data is a core component of that competency. In fact, it's been very interesting for me to just this week experience the pressure that NABC's had from our membership who tunes in each week for our crop reports. And that's just on the NABC side. On the USHBC side, we're really just getting started. Talk about this every week in terms of checking out our data and insight center. But a significant move to improving our data as a resource and where we're going with our program on the USHBC side was hiring Joe Vargas earlier this year as our director of business intelligence. You heard from Joe back on episode 109, and he's here to join me again on today's show as well. So, Joe, welcome back to the business of blueberries. Yeah, thanks, Casey. It's been great to have you on the team, by the way, just to enjoy the role you're playing and kind of, I mean, you've already improved, like I said, those NABC reports. So they're looking different. And I know you're planning on making them look even more different. And and like I said, even on the NABC side, you're just getting started. And it's been fun to just see the enthusiasm you put into making those changes. But we've got this massive project that is on the USHBC side that is what we're here to talk about today. But we're also joined here by John Marshall, VP of Services at Bytecode. Before we bring him onto the conversation, I'd like to hear an update a little bit from you, Joe, on you know what you've been doing since you've been in the position and how you've hit the ground running really in your new role. So maybe just kind of give our audience a sense of what you've been working on to get to this place, and then we can start talking about Bytecode and who Bytecode is and how they fit. Yeah, thanks, Casey. So this project has just been an absolute blast. 
not without its challenges. We've got technical challenges, participation issues that we're going to have to address, you know, the data integrity, security. There's just a mountain of things that will prove the success or failure of a project at this uh, magnitude. And, you know, I think what we found was going out to create a data task force was critical. We've got some input, which the numbers of the data task force continue to grow as as we are having these conversations and, and working with members of the, the MOU group. Well, let me, let me jump in there because I, I, I get a kick out of the growth of the data task force because, you know, the point you're making, I don't want to get lost on this, is the more you're talking about it, the more those teams or people or individuals want to be a part of being on a task force that's focused on this. You know, we started with a small group just because we needed to maybe have a bit of a kitchen cabinet of people who could help you kind of navigate this new position, what we're going to do, what pieces are in places. <laughs> and now and now you got people like, hey, I want to help you build this. I want to be involved with helping make this happen. So I've been really encouraged by hearing those companies that are have, have already either got people in this space trying to figure it out or have been kind of in desperate need of this getting figured out. Yeah, no, it's been it's been very exciting. Um, we've got people that are actually building their own data task force teams within just to provide and be ready to support, you know, our initiatives. So that's been very encouraging from that aspect. And and so after we put together this data task force team, we then, you know, realized very quickly that, you know, we're gonna need that support. And that's where we designed a RFP that really looked to structure what our needs were from a technical standpoint, from you know, what is the industry going to be looking for? What do they need? And still that need is going to expand as, as we go throughout this program and, and uncover different insights. You know, I think from the RFP going out and talking about, you know, okay, we need to get to a modernized data stack. And what is a modernized data stack? You know, there's a lot of different tools. There's a lot of companies out there that are trying to work with the data, you know, and then, you know, there's different things talking about real time. What is real time? Is it daily data, weekly data? Is it every second? You know, what are we talking about? And so really we had to define what are the guidelines? What is this program going to be? And what kind of influence from the industry are we going to require? So a modernized data stack in our mind was to go out, get the tools to be able to turn the table around from this data push where we're, you know, we're asking companies to put up, you know, big resources to have somebody at every single day or every single 15 minutes or whatever we decide as the cadence to push this data out to where instead we want to pull the data. We want automation. We want to utilize some of the new tools that are out there. And so bringing on a company to assist with that was really key in trying to get us there. And so we're bringing data in, we're transforming this data, we're putting it in data warehousing where we can access it with a front-end tool that's going to be able to dynamically present data to the industry. And this isn't just a static report that we're going to see on a weekly basis. This could be something that we can actually answer some of these huge business problems that we're asking. And we're going to do it in a way where USHBC and NABC is able to come in and answer some of these more generic, you know, bigger end questions and, and the questions of where's this trend going? Where's the pricing going? Where's volumes going? Where are things coming from? What's coming, you know, up in the next 10 days, 30 days, you know, what does this look like? But then also the ability to have each participating customer come in and work with 
the data themselves to answer their own business questions. And that's really our goal is how do we get the overall data culture of the blueberry industry elevated? And that's why we're here. And a big part of, you know, some of my past and and some of bringing on this person in this RFP, which uh, Casey already gave away, uh, we selected Bytecode and we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, it's that education piece and, and educating the industry. And so there's a lot of pieces to this program that we're going to be putting into play. And I think what was very unique with Bytecode versus some of the others that we interviewed was Bytecode didn't tell us what we wanted to hear. Bytecode told us what we needed to hear. And that was a a deciding factor for us. I think there wasn't any obstacle, it sounded like, that Bytecode hasn't seen and that can't tackle. And for us, that security, the trust, you know, just building in, in the, you know, proof of concepts that we went through with a few of the selected folks from the RFP. I mean, that was, that was the deciding factor for us was these guys have been there, done that, seen it all. They can help us. And, and we have a hundred percent confidence in Bytecode's ability to make this tool for the industry exactly what they need. And again, might not be exactly what they think they want, but it's going to be exactly what they need. And we're going to continue to iterate on this program to where the industry continues to grow and we're doing it with data and we're doing it in all corners of the company. It's interesting you say that, what they might not think they need, because even for me, and I've been you know, studying this as soon as I got started here to try to understand the dynamics of what we're collecting in terms of information on the NABC side. And you, know, you just don't know what you don't know. And that part for me has been this journey of resources are out there, what kind of companies are out there. And there's lots of people who uh, have been doing this for some time. And of course, like you said, there was a number of proposals that came through where we could look at companies who are specialized in this space. So I'm excited to talk to John and get to know you know, who is Bytecode and the role that you see them playing. And it's a capital investment, one that you know, you're not going to see necessarily as a physical building get, getting built here, but one that's digital that everyone will be able to see and participate in and take advantage of. So before we do, I'd like to take a break here for our crop report. Many areas have wrapped up their peak season, but as you know, the Pacific Northwest is still going strong and we have some fruit coming in from both Peru and Mexico. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Rex Schultz in Michigan, Doug Kramer in Oregon, Brian Sakuma in Washington, Jason Smith in British Columbia, and Luis Vegas in Peru. This was recorded on September 7th, 2022. Hello, this is Rex from Michigan calling in with our weekly crop report. And uh, the Michigan season has uh, come to an end a little bit earlier than what we hoped for and planned on, but uh, we are right down to just a little of nothing fields and uh, there is a couple of days that there's a little bit of cleanup going on but uh, everything is pretty much done all the uh, machine fruit is off all the hand-picked fruit is off our season uh, wasn't what we were hoping for down probably 25 percent overall and uh, I'm guessing we're going to probably be finishing out with somewhere around 65 to 68 million pounds this year but other than that the season was uh, quick and um, weather conditions, you know, we always battle that every year, but we're uh, happy for what we got off and we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast and hope we have a better year next year. And that's our report for Michigan for the year. This is Doug Kramer reporting for Oregon. 
as much of the West Coast has been, it's been uh, on the hot side. We certainly haven't had the high temperatures California's had, but it's been warmer than normal basically all summer long. Because of that, uh, we're still, we're struggling to make quality for fresh. The biggest detriment there is just soft fruit because of the heat. There is a few growers still picking for fresh, but most of the fruit at this point in time is being picked, machine picked for the process market. And that part seems to be doing fine. We're into the late season fruit. Even some of the lates are getting done. So... We have a few weeks to go, but it's minimal volumes and uh, cleaning things up, getting into some uh, post-harvest management practices and keeping our irrigation going. So that's what we're doing. Thank you. Hello, this is Brian Sakuma from the state of Washington. Uh, Eastern Washington is having some pretty warm weather. They're on the final stages of the back-end uh, varieties of auroras, last calls, uh, rabbit eyes and all. So they're pretty much done. There might be a few fields that trickle in for a week or two, but volume will be pretty short. Uh, Western Washington, we've been running in the 70s. We did have a little bit of a drizzle the other day it's been running about 70 degrees here maybe 80 degrees a little bit north of us we're supposed to get a little bit warmer this weekend i think the tail end of liberties uh, calypsos are coming in people are moving into elliott's and last calls quality has been just average a lot of people have uh, started to go to the freezer because of Peru coming in and uh, volume starting to drop off. So we probably got a couple more weeks with Elliott's and then we should be a done deal. That's all for Washington. This is Jason Smith reporting for uh, British Columbia, Canada. Similar to uh, Washington and Oregon, we've been experiencing high temperatures. Uh, we have we have cooled down quite a bit this week, which is good. We had a pretty nice shower on the weekend in some areas. Not all areas really got it, but some areas got a nice dump, which was needed to keep the dust down and stuff too, for sure. Uh, Elliot's being harvested. There's some Liberty being harvested. There may be some Calypso still to finish. And uh, Aurora, I think some people, well, some people have started their Aurora. Others, depending on location, will be starting later this week. And uh, yeah, just hoping we don't get get the high heat and stuff uh, anymore. It sounds like we are going to warm up a bit on the weekend, but uh, but not too bad. So that's that's good news. And uh, that's my report for this week. Hello, this is Luis with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 35, which is the week ending on September 4th. 
So up until week 35 of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 134 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this volume, 52% has been shipped to the US, followed by Europe with 23%, China with 21%, and a reminder 3% to other destinations. Also from this total volume shipped, 13% has been shipped uh, organics. During week 35, a total of 21.8 million pounds were shipped, representing so far the week with the most volume shipped this season. From the volume, from the total volume shipped during week 35, 51% was sent to the US with around 11 million pounds, which are expected to arrive the US market during the last week of September. 31% of the volume during week 35 was shipped to Europe with 6.8 million pounds, 15% to China with 3.2 million pounds, and a reminder, 3% was shipped to other destinations, including Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Brazil, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Hong Kong, India, Malaysia, Panama, Singapore, Thailand, and Taiwan. So that's the report until the end of week 35. Thank you. Well, thank you so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've added a lot more features to this dashboard, including USDA shipping price, movement, retail category, performance, Nielsen monthly retail sales reports, and much, much more. So if you haven't gone there because this is the house we're building please visit ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out now. And then you'll start to see what's going to come later uh, because again, this is really just the beginning. As I read that, Joe, I think, man, this is what we're changing, right? How it gets integrated, you know, what information that industry is providing us. I mean, this place where people go today is going to change dramatically as you move this program forward, which is really exciting. So again, if you don't have that as a daily routine of checking out ushbc.org, you will. And this project's designed to do that. And I want to talk to, to John here. So now that we've heard a lot of nice things about Bytecode, John, maybe you could give our audience here, which is the blueberry industry, a bit of a high-level overview of your background, the genesis of the company, uh, the company itself. Talk to us a little bit about Bytecode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. So at Bytecode, uh, we're a full stack data engineering firm. What we live and breathe every day is data platforms, technology, and helping bring ultimately business vision to life. Um, and we do that with deep technical expertise with folks who have been in this industry working on these problems for 10 plus years and a focus on full stack. And what I mean by that is solving these types of problems or delivering these types of products to market require expertise in solution architecture, data engineering, building those pipelines that can acquire automatically and ingest that data, a data warehouse that it allows you to ultimately consolidate and then transform and make that data ready for analytics. And then the last piece is, is delivering those insights back to your internal users as well as the industry at large. And those require unique skill sets and expertise. So our goal is to bring the right people to the table at each phase of the project where you need those unique skill sets. And so my background is product. So I've built data products for a variety of companies and I would get hired in similar to, I think, Joe here. And they'd be like, we've got this vision. Like we, we, we know we have a problem. 
And we know we have an opportunity to deliver insights that will help our customers make better decisions and be like, great, I need a five person data team. And they'd be like, you get half a person. And so a lot of this was at Bytecode was like, hey, let's put the team together. Let's get the expertise and the right people at the table and on the team to help companies and, and organizations like yours be successful in solving these hard technical problems so you can go out and deliver the value back to the industry. And so I think, you know, as a company, what we got really excited in talking with Joe in the RFP process is like, this is what we love doing, like working with passionate people that understand and have a vision for where they want to go, and that we can come in and deliver a lot of technical expertise to make that a reality. Well, it's exciting. I'm curious your perspective on what made you think that Bytecode was a good fit with blueberries, right? You're talking about a, a specialty crop and then specifically a specific category inside of specialty crops. So, you know, as you looked at this project and you saw blueberries as the client, what made you feel like this was going to be a good fit? I think the, the number one key thing that we look for for a partnership, and that's very much how we view this project and how we view all of ours, is really looking for, for a partner who really understands their industry and the opportunity and the vision for where they want to go. I do not want to portray Bytecode as blueberry experts or even agriculture experts. We partner with you and with Joe to really understand the problem and the opportunity that we're trying to deliver to market. And then we're a very good you know, technical implementation partner in the sense of like, here's the business vision. How do we get there? And what are the right things that we need to do from a technical perspective to make that a reality? And so that's what we look at just generally from a partnership. When I think about this from a, a Blueberry's perspective, the opportunity or the, the challenge that's in front, which is really aggregation of data from all of your growers and providers of being able to pull that into a central warehouse and then deliver two sets of insights back. I think one is the industry-wide. We had our first call with Berry Hill and we're chatting through and, and a couple of the key things that popped up are, are challenges that we've helped solve before, which is one, I acknowledge and see the value in having better insights across the industry if we had the appropriate data. Two, I would like to contribute, but I'm worried. I'm worried about the security side of things. Like, how do I know that the valuable insight and data that I'm providing you on my operation is going to be used as part of an overall value prop to the industry, but that I'm also protected against that? And then three, how do I get the insight I want back? But then how do I ultimately, like, how do I use that to make better decisions on my individual data that I provided into that platform? And so those three problems that Joe outlined as part of the RFP process and then Barry Hill was immediately talking about is why they're excited, but what they're also concerned about. Like those are the types of things that we really like partnering on and the technology stack that we've aligned on to use and the expertise that we're bringing to the table. That is a very exciting project from our perspective. Yeah. And just to piggyback off that too, John, I mean, so it's, it's this, these desperate data sources that we're putting together from different companies, like we all need this data to get there. But this managed analytics platform that we're putting in place, doesn't it doesn't end there. Our partnership doesn't end with Bytecode once we get through this first project. I mean, we've got a lot of data out there with like you've seen on our website. And hopefully you've gone and checked out the website right now after Casey said that a few moments ago. But we are bringing in Nielsen data. We have Mintel data. We have all these different data sources from anywhere from retail to industry related pieces to packaging. This is the new way of the USHBC and its direction 
that we're heading. It's a data-driven direction that's going to be able to pass insights off to the industry to be able to make those decisions they need. This isn't just about what is our inventory? What did we sell yesterday? What do we anticipate selling? This goes into what are we doing at retail? What are consumers looking for? We've got survey information. We have all this information, but we haven't had a way to put this together. So this is an initiative more so than a project where we are going to be putting this data together in intuitive ways that helps the industries in things that people can't even imagine. And that's really the magic behind this managed analytics platform and this data stack and and this relationship with Bytecode and why the industry should just be ecstatic. I'm jacked up about it. Just with thinking about all the different things we can do, I'm having to put together a 2023 budget going, man, how much can we fit? Because there's just so many ideas and so much innovation utilizing data in all these different facets in service and growth. And so that's really, I think, too, what John's you know talking about is it's not just about the industry data. Yeah, that's the topic at hand right now. But this is just a stepping stone. This is the basis for what we're going to be doing in the future. Well, we're going to take a quick break here for our Blueberry Boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Engagement and Education, Amanda Griffin. Thanks, Casey. For this week's Blueberry Boost, I'm here to fill you in on Blueberry Lane. Don't worry, if you aren't familiar with that name, we just launched it this year. Blueberry Lane is the newly named trade show floor launching at the Blueberry Summit next month in Nashville. This intimate exhibit area brings together industry-leading companies who are showcasing solutions for the blueberry industry. The floor will be packed with action for two full days, and you never know what you might see, a bee or two, a smoothie bike, and much, much more. New this year, we have companies that took part in the expanded booth opportunity. The footprint will be larger than ever for Fall Creek Farm and Nursery, WECO, A&B Packing, and Unitech. So as I said before, the Blueberry Summit is now less than a month away, October 5 through 7. So make sure to reserve your seat so you can see Blueberry Lane for yourself and take part in the inspiring keynote sessions, networking opportunities, and industry updates. So visit us at blueberryevents.org for more details and to register now. This has been your weekly Blueberry Boost. Now, Casey, back to you. Thanks, Amanda. Now back to today's episode. I think about this and I think, you know, how these projects can go well if they're done well and what they solve. And, you know, I guess I'm wondering too, from your perspective, what happens if we don't do this well? And what's at stake here if this doesn't get accomplished? And I guess I'm speaking to John, but Joe, you might have an opinion here. I mean, we're at the precipice, as I said here, of something big. It feels like we've got, you know, a team in place here. A lot of the industry is engaging already early. We've got, obviously, a lot of investment going this direction. What do you see, John, now that you've seen what you've been able to dive into so far that's at stake here in the area of putting this together? I mean, there's, there's a host of technical challenges that are here that I, that I can speak to in detail. But I think the biggest challenge is going to be critical mass. And, and it excites me to hear at the top of the call that like this went from a kitchen cabinet of you know, a handful of folks on the task force to people raising their hand and wanting to contribute. Because I think ultimately, the success of this project is going to be driven by achieving that critical mass of, of participation 
and pushing data into the platform in order to be able to provide the, the right level of insight across the industry. And then our job, I think, is going to be you know, building the enrichment or the process on top of that, that doesn't just say, you know, here's the number, here's where we are, and here's where we were yesterday and last week. But, you know, we've talked a lot about benchmarking capabilities. How am I performing versus people that are like me? How can I use that to make better decisions? And I think that, like, number one challenge is going to be hitting critical mass. And then two is going to be on us of delivering the right capabilities and insights once that data is there to prove the true value of the platform. Yeah, and I would I would piggyback off that too. I mean, John, from the technical standpoint, you know, what's at stake here? But then, you know, trust. Trust is the one thing that we have in data. If if people don't trust the data, they pass it off. It's it's done. They're they're not gonna look at it. And then at the same time, trust goes into the security piece. But we're really trying to model out this crawl walk run uh, mentality through this project. And this project is going to really depend on the amount of input and the amount of participation we get from the industry. Without data, you know, we've got a this really awesome modernized data tool, but there's there's nothing there. I mean, I think of it as uh, I was watching uh, the Bob Ross channel the other morning, watching him put together this painting. And if USHBC is Bob Ross of this of this thing and bytecode is the paintbrush, you know, the canvas that we're working on, um, is our front end development tool. We need that audience. We need people out there telling us what they want to see. That we need them to be giving us the information. Data is the lifeblood of this industry, and it's going to be the lifeblood of, of this project. If we don't have that data and that participation, we fail. And so that's really why you know we really, really, really are looking for participation. And that's what's been so encouraging and exciting about the growth of the data task force. And even the conversations that we're having where people are interested, they're, they're sending us emails, they're sending us text messages, they're, they're texting Casey in the middle of the night, you know, with feedback and, and information. So I, I think I know we're on the right track and, and we're just so excited about this project. And we're really, really excited to, you know, share with the industry what the next steps and, and where we're going with the project. Well, and I think that trust piece, you know, needs to be recognized as the role that USHBC has been playing for 20 years. And so, you know, the precursor is having collected assessments and kept that data protected for the 21 years we've now been in this business. So to be collecting more data, to be trusted with even more information from companies and the industry to be able to produce back this type of platform for their future use uh, it's exciting, but it you know you can feel the additional responsibility that comes with this, which is again uh, the value that I think we've placed in bytecode and uh, all those things that are these questions that everybody's going to ask, and then our ability to you know answer with what we've built in security, and of course that will help build trust. You know I think if we go forward, maybe just talk a little bit about the next steps in the process. So John and Joe, what, what happens next here? I know we're laddering up to a very important Nashville reveal, but what, what's next steps right now? What are we working on? I, I do think Joe's perspective of crawl, walk, run is very important. And then Casey, you've highlighted this is, this is a complex problem to solve from a technology perspective as, as well as from uh, participation and, and data side of things. So as we're as we're working towards October, you know, our goal is really to get into the into the crawl stage of things. So we're having uh, conversations with folks on the data task force to start aligning of 
what data they have, how that can be provided, how we're going to start automating the process to bring that into the platform, and then start delivering kind of the, those baseline capabilities. So I think step one is, is aligning with the folks that we need to participate in this program from a technology perspective. Step two is, is starting to stand up or scaffold the initial data collection and, and warehousing, and then start putting some of the business logic on top of that so that we can start delivering insight as part of this platform. And I think as a company, you know, one of our, one of our delivery methodology guidelines is, is really incremental value. Uh, a lot of these projects, and we talked about this a little earlier in the show of like, you know, how do these things succeed or fail? I think one of the key things is trying to boil the ocean, you know, trying to spend a year building all of these capabilities, hitting roadblocks, et cetera, and then getting to the end of the line. And it's very far from what was originally needed or the evolution of the thought process has gotten farther from where, where you started. And so I think taking an incremental iterative approach is key to success on these projects. And we're taking, you know, October as our first kind of milestone to drive urgency on the, the, the technology side, but also with our partners to get an initial set of data in and some insights. And then from there, it's all about just incrementally adding capability, making the platforms better, improving our automation process, improving our enrichment and data processing, and ultimately, you know, delivering better insights back to the industry. Yeah, and I, I think too, John, so that's kind of the next steps from a technical standpoint and what, and what we're looking at. But, you know, I, I guess what I really want to emphasize is those that are, that aren't getting involved and aren't getting up off that, off that sideline, you know, I think those are the ones that are going to miss out. And, and that's kind of what our fear is, is going into this is making sure that people are getting involved in this process, getting data, you know, because really the, the medium here is your data and, and we're doing this for the industry. And so we need to make sure that we have that participation in that. And that's what we're going to try to do is with this process, for those that aren't involved in the, in the get-go, it's kind of a first come first serve. So we want to make sure that we get people involved. And that's a big reason that we're going to be putting on a little bit of a show there in uh, Nashville, um, just to make sure that we're getting out in front of everybody and they're understanding what this project, what this is going to entail. You know, this is going to be something where we we look at ink on paper and, and getting people really involved in understanding what the ask is and what the deliverables are going to be. Well, I am really looking forward to where this goes next. And I know our industry is, and I know we're laddering up to Nashville now, which is kind of a reveal, you know, for those who are hearing this, it's one thing to hear it. Of course, it's another thing to see it. And that's what Nashville is going to provide. So moving from this podcast conversation to actually jumping on stage and kind of modeling out what we're really talking about here for the industry to see, I'm pumped about that. So I want to thank you both for being on the show. John, anything else you want to share before we let you go? No, just thank you very much for, for having me on the show. Thank you for uh, uh, selecting us, allowing us to be a part of the project. We could not be more excited at where we are, where we want to go. As a team, we're looking forward to becoming Blueberry experts. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And Joe, anything from your desk that you want to add before we? Nope. We've got a, we've got a meeting between myself and John and the Bytecode team tomorrow to discuss more projects for 2023. So we're looking forward to the partnership with Bytecode and, and we're just, you know, super excited about the platform and, and where we're at uh, just gives us a lot of confidence that we're going to be able to deliver on a promise. And that promise is to make the industry better utilizing data. So, you know, just excited over here. 
Yeah. And again, to reiterate your point about uh, the focus is about maintaining the high value of blueberries, you know, so where we can continue to use this information to do a better job as, as USHBC for marketing, but also that grower profitability, making sure there's a good source of information where that value also stays high back to the farm. So normally I always have key takeaways, but here's what I want to propose today is here's your key takeaway, which is as an audience who's listening, if you've been hearing about this project for the first time or somebody who's been aware of this project, but maybe hasn't reached out to Joe or you're just getting intrigued as to how far this is going to go and you would like to learn more, call Joe, email Joe, reach out to Joe. Joe is available to you as part of being a part of this industry. You know, we're putting this program together for all of you who are listening to be aware of what this opportunity is going to create for your company and how your company is going to be able to engage in this. This is your opportunity. So please take away that as something you can do today to get engaged. We are looking to pull 70% of the industry into the system right away. And that's what Joe's going to be working on. But if you're just intrigued, you're interested, you want to know how you're going to fit or how this fits or what you're going to need to provide, call Joe. Joe's our guy. He's your guy. He's the person who's spearheading this on our team and his contact information will be on the website. You will we'll also put it in the show notes. I just don't want you to feel like we're talking about something that you're not going to be a part of. We're inviting everybody to be a part of this and you should too. So reach out to Joe if you'd like to learn more. But in the meantime, I want to say thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.